Welcome to the Deadlights Podcast Mini. I'm your host, Mini Sam. <laughs> Mini Leslie. <laughs> the tiniest. And we're bringing you your mini episode. So small. So tiny. They are so small. It's crazy. Can you even see them? Open your eyes. Open your eyes. See. Um, and today in our mini-sode, because, I mean, you know, we've watched a lot of foreign films over mm-hmm. there are 70 movies that we've watched on this podcast so far. And the most recent one was a French film. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've watched a lot of other ones. And I feel like every time we watch a foreign film, we're like, God damn, for the most part, this movie's really fucking good. And I think it's purely because it just gives us a different perspective from a different part of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, Hollywood is huge. Obviously, the United States has a massive hold on the film industry. I am so excited every time we get to pull a foreign film, though, because I just love seeing the different perspectives. So yeah. today we're going to talk about some foreign films that we like. Yay! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's just um, I don't know. Maybe let's each go through some some movies or some foreign filmmakers that we like and just talk yeah. about them for a little bit. Well, what am I? Um, oh, no, I don't know how to pronounce his name. OK. Um, he's the director from The Lobster. Um, the Greek Yeah, he's Greek. Um, but he is coming up with a n- movie with um, Emma Stone. Okay. About where she is reanimated. Hmm. And um, it's supposed to look, like, it looks really kooky. Mm-hmm. It has a very, like, Wes Anderson with Tim Burton kind of um feeling to it Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be like this i mean because he writes romance but it's kooky Mm -hmm. i love the lobster it's one of my favorite films and i saw the sacred uh the killing of a sacred lamb Mm -hmm. which we've mentioned in one of these episodes before um, and that secured a spot as well in, in in my heart for him. Did he also York? I believe York. Gar- yeah, I'm you're so right. Sorry, Yorg Yorgo 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 Yorgo's Lathimos. All right, you at least tried. You so tried. Sorry, but yeah. yes, um, he he's also, one director that I love. He also did uh, Dogtooth. Yes, right? he did. Okay, which I haven't seen. Um, I've read the premise of it. Um, but I'm still scared to dive into that one. It seems a little intense. I've I've heard some some things about that film. I've not seen it either, but what? it's in our bucket. So maybe we'll pull it. <laughs> so what about him? I mean, you kind of mentioned aesthetically what he's going for. But what about him really keeps you coming back? It's a different way of storytelling. Hmm. Um, but in the most, at least for The Lobster, what I really like is A, you you get to see a side of what's his name? Collins, um, uh, Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell's, mm-hmm. um, that usually like I've seen him in like, you know, action movies and stuff like that. You don't get to see this like 
meek, monotone kind of person. Um, and it, I thought he was very suitable for this role. And it was a romantic movie. It deals with romance, but in the most bizarre way. Like, what animal would you be if love doesn't happen for you as a human? You get another chance as an animal. It's just the most bizarre concept. Um, and it's a slow-paced movie, but it works for me. It is so odd. And I I just, I like when things are just kooky. Yeah. And that one for sure is kooky. Mm-hmm. Does he also set, because mo- I've not seen The Lobster, I've not seen Dogtooth, I've not seen Killing of a Sacred Lamb. I'm not sure if I've seen any of his films, but... Um, does he set his films in Greece or Mm-mm. are they, are they in America though? They're somewhere. Yeah. Oh, they're just somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't, it's not established enough for you to like be like, yeah, this is where this is at. Hmm. Um, yeah. You just kind of presume they are in America because they're speaking English. Interesting. Um, so yeah, he has other films that are Greek. So they are speaking that language. So I'm pretty sure they are like set there. But at least from Dogtooth on, everybody speaks speaks English. So therefore, maybe in America. Mm, interesting. But but it's not specific. No. Which kind of makes it otherworldly too. Because mm-hmm. if you're not specific about where you are, we could be anywhere. And you know the lobster, and he, he's right now um, diving into everything. Uh, the Lobster is just a comedy, a, uh, a dark comedy. Um, I would say so. And romance. And um, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, that one's more thriller. Hmm. Um, and then this new one that he's going to do in Dogtooth is thriller, mm-hmm. if not horror. Um, the new one, I forget what it's called. I think that one's supposed to be comedy as well. Interesting. Um, so yeah, dipping into different, different themes, but still keeping a very, like his kind of style throughout. If not, I think adapting to different ones too, Hmm. because this new one that he did. Oh, he also worked with Emma Stone in, um, and Robbie Margot. In the Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. I always switch her name. Robbie Margot. I mean, if you want to do like the last name first, then yeah, Miss Margot Robbie. Miss Margot Robbie. Oh, it was where they were queens, I believe. Oh, the favorite. The favorite. Yes. Yes. And that one's more comedy as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it is. All these that you're describing, they're definitely like riding that line of dark comedy, mm-hmm. where you're like, where I tiptoe. I tipped in dark comedy. Yeah. I'm going to say that now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's, it's, not a, it's not a... I like that, though. Dark comedy feels closer to life, though, sometimes. Because life is funny, but life is also dark sometimes. Oh, yeah. So it almost feels like more true to real life, even though we're talking about what animal do you want to be if you if love doesn't work yeah. out? Um, great. Yorgo. Yorgo. Love you, brother. Um, one that I wanted to bring up was actually, um, more just kind of like a genre of films and that's uh, Japanese horror because we've seen a couple of them on this podcast already. Um, 
that being like audition and then uh we watched house too mm-hmm. and something that i absolutely love about these japanese films is the beauty you know almost every frame is beautiful they they know how to make such a pretty picture within the camera that a lot of them are slower burns or at least the ones that i've watched are slower burns but it's okay because the things that you're seeing are so pretty or right. so ah uh, you know it's just a different way of viewing literally through the lens mm-hmm. and for me i love seeing that because it's it's pretty and it's not a way that i would ever think about shooting something have you seen the ring uh the rangu i've not seen ringu i've not seen it it's also very pretty and it's also a slow burn they do that well they do that well they, they set you in kind of the story slowly and then all the while you're getting these beautiful shots like i still think about audition like i still think about that movie and like some of the frames in that film are so pretty and that movie is so horrifying it's crazy it's like this massive juxtaposition that they can play with so well um and then house i know you weren't here for that but i was i was in the background you're in the background figured (laughs) um that was more of like a uh they were trying to go for more comedy in that and like ridiculousness still some of those pretty shots I've seen like even in a movie that is supposed to be wacky and fun and funny I'm still finding frames where I'm like god damn that's so cool that looks so (laughs) nice like how did you like the sunsets wow how did you do that so I just appreciate J-horror for that uh, aspect alone of Mm. They're taking this filmmaking super seriously. Like they are making these films that are supposed to be, you know, quote unquote, just horror movies and making them artful films and look pretty. So Japanese horror. I just wanted to highlight that for a second um, because. Good thing you did because they do make some really good films over there, too. I haven't tapped into anything else besides like horror. Uh, but Korean horror is also fucking scary as shit. Mm-hmm. God damn. Um, and then their love stories too over there. They make some really good, pretty stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to highlight a couple of, because I had a really great experience seeing this foreign film, which is Seven Summarize from Seven Summarize. 1954. Yeah, old one. Old, Classic. old one. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I had gone to a um, a movie rental store. What? What is that? <laughs> what is that? There's one still in Tucson, Arizona. Um, For those who don't know, maybe some of the younger viewers, this is a place where you go <laughs> and there's actual DVDs on the shelves Yep. For some time, for for me, I remember there was actual VHSs, VHSs. on the she- on the shelves that you could pick pick up and look at the back of them. Mm, nope, put that back up. Yeah. It's essentially a library it for was, film. Yeah, it was a library for film, mm-hmm. and you can also um, rent um, CDs, mm-hmm. music, mm-hmm. and also video games. Yes, yes. Yeah. So 
we went there and we would go and browse the whole place. And we came across the Seven Samurais and he's like, you've never seen it? And I'm like, no. So then what we did is we uh, rented the first half. We watched it. And then we had to go and rent the second half. And that was a lot of fun. I liked it, it being a two-parter. Um, it was extremely long, but never boring. It was so much fun. And if I remember correctly, I believe that is either that film. Was it that film or another film? That it, there was a, um, a malfunction in one of the, um, the blood Mm. that like he got somebody got sliced and then the blood just spurred out and that is how in the Japanese in anime that is why blood spurts out that way because of that malfunction that happened oh, wow. it was such a popular mishap that then influenced the rest of society and the way that they portrayed you know cuts and stuff which then extends to like i think of that with like kill bill like every slice is just a spurt it's like so hyper violent that wow yeah like a mistake like influenced an entire culture's uh aesthetic aesthetic yeah wow i i and again please don't go after me it might be the seven summarize it might be another Japanese film, but I know that it was one of the earlier films. Um, but man, what a great freaking story and journey! And um, I mean, yes, it's shot in nineteen fifty four, so it's black and white, but it doesn't feel like it mm. to me. Yeah, I think that is another you know great reason why people need to watch black and white movies. Mm-hmm. We're champions of black and white movies. Yes. We love um, when movies choose to do that. And we've watched a couple black and white movies, whether they chose to do black and white or whether because they had to. It does fuck me up when people still, like when, when they chose to shoot in black and white in the 70s mm-hmm. um, or even 60s, and I'm thinking they're much older. But no, it was just an an aesthetic choice. Yeah, because for a while people were like, "Color is not the way. Mm-hmm. Black and white is true film." So even through the seventies, you had people who were like, "I'm trying to make a true film." Um, and then even today, I mean, we get black and white films, um, and it's an aesthetic choice. Yes, I think it is a risk nowadays to shoot in black and white because they're. It, it's not going to be a high, I, unfortunately, a, a high seller. I just no, don't there's it. a better word to say. Um, uh, profitable yeah. for many people, unfortunately. Which yeah, that sucks. Because really, like we've seen some beautiful films that are black and white. The Lighthouse, Night of the Hunter. Roma. Roma. Did that's you an, see Roma? Yeah, that's an Academy Award-winning film for the cinematography. That is perhaps the only film that I had seen that I was like, yes, yes, you deserve all the awards. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've felt that way with many, many films that have won mm. 
awards. Yeah, that it one. just tugs right in there. It goes inside and just like messes with you. Uh, I was yeah. crying like a freaking baby. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great. I mean, the whole like beginning is just the longest shot of just the ground, and it's great. Like the water, <laughs> the water, like because she's like, uh, like sw- yeah, sweeping, mm-hmm. sweeping, and like mopping, and it's just yeah, it's just so it's good. A sweep mop, sweep mop. It's a quick sweep mop. <laughs> um, actually, that kind of leads us into the next person I was going to bring up because Roma is a Mexican film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about a Mexican filmmaker that we love. <gasps> Guillermo! <laughs> Guillermo del Toro. Like literally one of the best foreign filmmakers right now, at least in horror. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah! For those who are listening, I'm doing some gyrating right now for Guillermo. Um, that's how much He'll I love He'll love him. that. He'll love it. He'll love that. Um... But talk about a foreign filmmaker that has really, like, made his name known, not only in, um, like, horror, like, in horror, but also just in, like, the film industry in general. Like, he is a huge, he's an Academy Award winner um, multiple times, and he typically stays within the horror genre. So, for him to be... um, you know, a quote unquote foreign filmmaker, which I kind of struggle with because I don't really like the fact that the United States has this like corner on the industry where we have to have a separate category for foreign films. I don't really agree with that. But despite that, he has made his name very known within the film industry and his movies are so fucking good. They're great. They're so good. You know they're his. Yeah. I mean, Pinocchio is one that's animated and he had a hand in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know it's his film. Still. Yeah. It, it's just a name that you, if I were to make a horror f- film and I need some fantastical aspect for my monsters, um you know, designing wise and stuff like that. I, and if I had the connection, I would call him up. I'd be like, what do you think of this concept? Or, Hey, I need, um, your expertise. Like, can you draw me this? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. He's a monster. He's a monster master for sure. A modern monster master. And I just thoroughly enjoy that. He has been making, stuff and still succeeding in my opinion mm-hmm. i i loved seeing the closet the cabinet of curiosities yes that yes. was great and there's short little snippets and i'm like this is great he's like a modern alfred hitchcock like that was a very much moment oh. for me when he yeah like he's a master like because alfred hitchcock had alfred hitchcock presents and it was the same idea where he would walk in front of the camera and kind of introduce the film. And that's exactly what Cabinet of Curiosities is. And you trust him as a horror movie director. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, all right, Guillermo is, you know, introducing us to this new uh, this new horror story because we know he's a horror master and he's presenting us this. So it's just such a good, like, full circle moment, yeah. I feel like. 
Um, he looks so humble, too. Yeah. That's what I really enjoy about that. He still donates money to the school that he went to. And... Um, I've only heard good um, things about him. About working with him. Oh, in Guadalajara? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I would like to meet him. Guillermo, we love you. We love you over here. I think I'm just as tall as you, bro. <laughs> so... We can meet Ita. That's awesome. That's awesome for you. <laughs> That's great. Uh, wow. Del Toro, we love you. Um, like that. Yeah, Toro. Oh. Oh, foreign films. Yeah. Love it. Lovely. Love it. Go check them out, please. Do not be scared by subtitles. No. I feel like that's partly of this conversation is like people are super turned off by subtitles. Look, by someone that might be dyslexic and has to read everything and I read slow, it still doesn't turn me off from foreign films. If anything, I love it more. They look great. They look great. Yeah. Maybe it just gives you another perspective, like you said. Mm-hmm. Dived into cultures without having to go to a whole different country. Yeah. Cheapest way. There, we deserve to immerse ourselves in those cultures as well. Um, so please go check them out and, you know, obviously check out the episodes where we're reviewing foreign films and uh, listen to our thoughts on them. Yeah. And if you have any foreign films that you want to share that we you think that we might like, Hit us up on our phone number. Please give us a call at 773-669-6677. Yeah. We want to hear them all. I want to hear all those foreign film suggestions. Yeah, if you're foreign, if you're if you're from anywhere around the world and you're like, yeah, this is my favorite film, send it our way. Please. Regardless. I'll, I'll it doesn't to have to just be horror. Nope. I want to hear I want to hear all the foreign films that people love. I am more I would rather see a foreign rom-com than an American rom-com. I said it here. We all know it. If you're a listener, if you're an avid listener to this podcast, you know Leslie's true feelings about rom-coms. So, look, tuck my heart statement. in a foreign country. Am I right? That's a big ass statement right there. <laughs> Leslie wants to watch rom-coms. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, let's yeah. get out of here. Huh? All right. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram, color me Leslie. And me at BBBridgeT. You can follow us at the Deadlights Pod. Also, check out Playground Social, which is the studio that we're recording this at. Yeah. But until the next mini show, let's, let's get, get mini spooky. spooky. Ooh. Go check out more movies, not from America. Not America. Not America.